Having a baby is the most exciting adventure in a woman's life. The anticipation, the planning, the nesting instinct all play their part in the run-up to your little one arriving. Nothing prepares you for the total and unconditional love you will feel for this little person you have just spent nine months creating. Pregnancy and birth is nothing short of an amazing miracle. For some, the start of their journey through motherhood comes with the usual ups and downs, but nothing more than can be expected. For others, the road can be a little more tricky and contain a lot more bumps and diversions. This is my story. Welcome to the Little Bean Podcast. I'm Sarah Baldock, mum to three wonderful boys and your host on this fascinating journey through the realms of pregnancy, early parenthood and beyond. From my own experience with my three boys and being a newborn photographer and baby whisperer for over eight years. Wow, I'm about to photograph my 805th newborn baby. So that's over 800 teeny button noses and 8,000 weeny little toesies. I can't believe that. I know the joy, the excitement, and even the occasional bouts of uncertainty that come with this journey. That's why I'm here, to share, to guide, and to help you cherish these invaluable moments. So put your feet up, make yourself comfortable, grab yourself a hot chocolate, don't forget to add the whipped cream and the marshmallows. You can't have it without them. And join me for this friendly chat. So this podcast episode is slightly different to the sum of my other episodes and has taken me a lot longer to write. I speak to so many wonderful new mums and dads in the studio and we talk about a variety of topics during our three hours or so as they are relaxing in the studio. One topic that comes up in passing is how you feel as a new mum. And that's not only the warm, fuzzy feelings, but also the unexpected feelings too. These can range from complete exhaustion, and let's face it, no matter how many times people tell you that you won't get any sleep, nothing prepares you for the reality of it, even if it is inevitable, to feeling pretty down about everything. So when I chat about this topic to new mums, they often say it's really helpful to chat to someone who has been there and done it. So I thought I would share my story. So when we had our first son, the path to having him wasn't as smooth as we had imagined when we decided to start trying. That's another story though. By the time we came close to our due date, we were just so excited and thankful to finally be near to becoming parents. We had everything ready, the nursery was finished and my hospital bag had been packed for weeks. We had bought every possible item under the sun. Some vital, yeah, some not so vital. My labour was quite long and a little tricky, but nothing really out of the ordinary. Mm, not how it felt at the time, if I'm honest, but from a medical side, it actually wasn't too bad. And our son arrived at 3.55 in the morning, weighing a whopping nine pounds, nine ounces. We couldn't have been more overjoyed. Finally, we had become parents and our family journey had begun. Now, before I continue, I wanted to say that although there is a downside to this story, it is designed to be uplifting too, I promise. Motherhood is not an easy journey. And if you don't have any family members or close friends with young children, it can also be a lonely journey at times. Even though I met friends through antenatal classes and through baby classes, I didn't really have anyone that I could truly 
talk to, and so I did feel very lonely at times. It was like I was the only one in the world feeling like I did. So if this is you right now, this story is particularly for you. I want to be able to use my early motherhood experiences, both positive and negative, to help other new mums to enjoy every moment. With my boys being much older now, I really miss those first few years. Even though they were probably some of the hardest, they were also some of the most special, and I look back on every single adventure with fondness. Yep, I really do miss them. So back to my story. The first few weeks at home with my first son were tiring and had their tricky moments, but they were also a wonderful time too. Enjoying every first moment with him and doing all the baby classes. Baby massage, baby signing, baby sensory, new mum coffee mornings. You name it, we did it. It was a very special time and I was loving it. But, and this is quite a big but now, although I didn't realise it at the time, I was also struggling. I had this expectation of myself that I would be able to do everything and be that perfect mum to my son. I decided I wanted to breastfeed and I'll be honest, I didn't find it easy at all. For goodness sake, I think. I'm a successful scientist with a PhD. My previous job before I retrained as a newborn and family photographer, by the way. And breastfeeding is the most natural thing in the world, so it can't be that hard. Well, anyone who has breastfed will know that this is not the case. Some babies just don't manage to breastfeed at all. And if they do, there is definitely a skill and a knack to it. And I just wasn't getting it. Now, I'm not going into breastfeeding techniques here, but I will say that my health visitor was my saviour, as she put me in touch with another new mum who was going to breastfeeding clinic, and so we buddied up, and that was my rescue line. At the clinic, they gave me lots of hints and tips for helping with the latch and making it much easier, and also I got to meet other new mums having similar struggles. I did have to combine breastfeeding with bottle feeding, as I didn't have a huge milk supply, but I did continue for seven months, and I eventually really enjoyed my breastfeeding journey, but that's another story. So breastfeeding wasn't the only part of the journey that I wanted to be perfect, and I found my expectations of myself were getting higher and higher. I wanted the house to be spotless, and I wanted all the baby clothes to be put away neatly. I had a certain way that I did the steriliser when we started bottle feeding, and woe betide my husband if he messed up my system. In hindsight, they were totally unreasonable expectations, but I couldn't see that at the time. My husband could see it, but let's face it, do we always listen to our husbands? It all came to a head one day when my husband asked a very simple question. I can't even remember what the actual question was as it was so simple, but what I can remember is absolutely exploding and just letting rip at him for want of a better expression. I can still remember his face over the other side of the kitchen. It was one of total disbelief as we'd been together six years and he had never seen me do that. To be honest, nor had I. That was when I realised maybe something wasn't quite right. But I knew it wasn't postnatal depression, as in my head, that was when you didn't want to be near your baby and you weren't interested in your baby or you felt depressed. And I definitely wasn't like that at all. I was loving being a mum and doing mum things and I adored my routines my favourite routine was in the evening with bath time, feed time, story time, etc. Also, I hadn't felt suicidal or had any thoughts like that. So it couldn't be postnatal depression, could it? 
Again, my health visitor, where it came to my rescue. I always actually used to say she was part of the reason why we ended up having three children close, so close together. as She was so lovely and I used to really love her visits. So I blame Bridget. Only kidding. Postnatal depression, or PND, is measured using the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale, or EPDS. This includes lots of questions around how you are feeling, and you'll score each one. The total score then assesses whether or not you are suffering with PND. Now, it's obviously subjective, and some say not very accurate, but certainly for me it was a real eye-opener, as I had never even considered I could have PND for the reasons I'd said above. It transpired that my EPDS score showed that I was actually at the top end of moderate depression, and I had no idea. So what are the symptoms of PND? It's not easy to answer this, as they vary so much. Now, most of us know about the baby blues, and we are told to expect it from day five. <laughs> I think lots of new mums can relate to suddenly randomly bursting into tears as the Go Compare ad comes on TV. Please note, other comparison website ads are available. But PND lasts longer and can have a deeper impact. It can appear in so many ways and it's surprising how varied these symptoms can be. Some individuals might grapple with a persistent low mood or find it challenging to connect with their baby. Then there's heightened anxiety, which can revolve around worries about the baby or self-doubt about parenting abilities. It transpired this was me to some extent. On the physical side, a lack of appetite or feeling constantly drained might pop up. Sleep can be a bit elusive too, with some finding it tough to drift off, even when they're exhausted. Others might lose interest in things they used to enjoy or find their focus wandering more than usual. Everyone's experience with PND is personal and distinct. The important thing is to recognise that there is something a bit off, no matter how small you think it is, and to ask for help. So after my health visitor had asked me to fill in the EPDS questionnaire, she realised I needed a bit of help. She was amazing at explaining that there was nothing to feel ashamed about and that now we had identified it, there were things we could do to address it and help me feel more like myself. Looking back on it, I think I was more relieved than anything, as I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't really know what to do about it. And I didn't want to speak to anyone as it sounded, well, a bit lame, if I'm honest. Clearly it's not, but that was how I saw it. The causes of PND aren't totally clear, but there are some prerequisites that are considered by some to contribute. Understandably, big shifts in hormones after birth are pretty much a guaranteed factor. And not surprisingly, being totally worn out from looking after a newborn plays a part too. Interestingly, if you've had mental health challenges before, it might make you more prone. Plus, let's be honest, there's a huge pressure to be that perfect parent. And quite often, it's from us mums as well as from society. It's a mix of things and everyone's experience is unique. So my PND recovery was... Pretty standard, I would say. The hardest part was realising I had it in the first place. I wasn't ever in denial, which I know some new mums will be. I just never imagined I would get PND. I think my contributory factors were multiple. The fact that it took us a long time to start our parenthood journey with lots of heartache along the way was definitely a factor. When you want something for so long, you want everything to be perfect when it finally comes along. 
And we all know that striving for perfection as a new mum is a thankless task. Hmm. I've also learned that with two teenagers and a near teenager in the house, cleaning perfection is something that is still definitely going to have to wait. My struggles with breastfeeding and my stubbornness, did I really admit again that I can be stubborn? To persevere at all costs probably didn't help either, as I found it slightly soul-destroying to start with that I couldn't successfully soul-breastfeed my son. Lastly, I've always been susceptible, shall we say, to my hormones too. Even monthly before children, my hormones were up and down and during pregnancy, they were having a rave half the time. So perhaps I should have expected it more. Who knows? The important thing for me was that I was now aware and I could take the next steps to getting back to me. Obviously, that's new mum me, but nevertheless, me. I was offered medication but chose to try without it to start with, and that worked for me. There was no reason other than I wanted to see how everything else went first. I've subsequently spoken to lots of mums who have chosen medication alongside other things and found them brilliant, so don't be afraid to consider them if you're offered them. I went to weekly group therapy sessions at the local children's centre. There were about eight of us who were in a similar situation. There was a creche where we could leave our babies and just spend a little time talking through things. For me, it was a huge help. They also gave me leaflets to take away and give to my husband so he could understand a bit more about it too. And my health visitor also kept a bit of an eye on me. No more than usual visits, but she always made sure she checked how I was doing. It didn't change overnight. It took quite a while, but I started to see small differences in how I felt and how I was coping with life in general. If I'm honest, it was probably coming up to my son's first birthday before I really felt back to me, but the initial changes were much sooner than that. Now, I obviously went on to have two more children, and the one thing I would say is that with my second and my third sons, I was much more aware of the signs of PND. With my second son, I did have mild PND, but I used what I'd learnt after my first son to help me with my second son. And with my third son, it was more classed as the baby blues, really. Was that because I was so much more aware of it or that I did things slightly differently? We will probably never know. I know I decided that perfection wasn't an option with my three boys, particularly as they were under school age. I also decided that my breastfeeding journey would have to fit in with my older two as well. I did breastfeed my youngest son for seven months, just like I did my other two, but it was alongside bottle feeding and my routine had to fit in with our daily activities. For me, this time I told myself that as long as my boys were safe and happy, I was doing my job pretty darn well. So that's my story of PND. I know there are many new mums out there who suffer far more than I did and who have a much tougher journey. Remember, PND is an illness and not something that should be brushed under the carpet. You would never brush aside other illnesses with more physical manifestations and so this should be treated in exactly the same way. If you are struggling at the moment, please know you are not alone. You are most definitely not the only one and I can guarantee you are an absolutely amazing mum. Trust me, asking for a little help is not a sign that you're not. It is a sign that you are the best mum in the world and you want to make sure you stay that way. So there we have another episode of the Little Bean Podcast. I love to hear from you and hear all your stories. Thank you to the wonderful families who have already reached out. 
I really enjoy sharing these special moments with you. I truly hope that the tips and stories we've shared today will help you cherish every precious step of your family journey.